Welcome to Gateway Geek, a podcast for those who wonder what this geek thing is all about. I'm your moderator, Jess Aducci. On this week's Gateway Geek, we throw out our best cosplay and rush headlong into the crowds to talk about conventions. Today I'm with Matt Goad and Tony Faith of 30-something Digital. Welcome back, guys. Hello. Thanks for having us. And Jason Slee, uber nerd and friend of 30-something Digital. Glad you're back, Jason. Hey, Jess. We don't know him. <laughs> you don't know him. Okay. <laughs> I thought you knew everyone. So um, let's start with the basics. Uh, I mean, even our newbies have heard of conventions. It's a large meeting or conference of like-minded people gathering because of some common interest. Um, for instance, we've just heard about the political conventions. Uh, a convention can otherwise be known as a comic convention or a Comic-Con to geeks and could probably involve things like vendor dealer's floor, artist alley, panels, and celebrity encounters. But before we get into what all that stuff is like for a con-goer, my first question is, why go to conventions? What did conventions have to do with being a geek? Well, for me, most people go because I make them go. I'm looking at you, Jason. <laughs> Very true. All right. <laughs> Uh, why go to a convention? You go to a convention because you're a geek or at least geek inclined and it is a gathering place of fellow geeks and like-minded people to geek out together. It's a it's a geek the geek anomaly, the geekularity. Well, what you're saying is, is that there's an energy that exists when lots of people gather in a group and you know that can be a you know raving mob or that can be you know something positive and that's more what i would say a, a convention or a con represents is a lot of like-minded people or people who like the same thing getting together and feeding off that energy that they provide you had a really good point that i tell people all the time when they're like what what on earth is dragon con what on earth is comic con and the thing i like to tell people is it's it's a bunch of really positive people you know, everybody at a convention, at a con, as we're probably going to call it mostly, everybody mm -hmm. at a con is going to be really enthusiastic about something. And it may not be the same thing you're enthusiastic about, and you may not be enthusiastic about their thing, but everybody's super excited about their thing, and that's pretty cool. Well, the analog the analog to that is it's, it's why baseball fans go to see baseball games. It's why hockey fans go to see hockey games. It is... A con is the 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 event, the sporting event, if you want an analogy for for nerds or uh, for dorks. I mean, it's it's what we do. Right. A lot of our stuff is created not live, so you know you can't go to the set of a TV show or a movie or to the creation of a comic book, but you can go and meet those creators or those participants and other fans of them, and all just you know rave out and get into it and again i'll just say like large crowds human beings feed off the energy of large crowds i love that the you know the being able to go meet the creators and you know you like you said you can't go see things made but you get to see the makers that's that is a really cool part uh since our audience is are is largely newbies what if they're not they don't feel like they're so enthusiastic about something that they'd feel comfortable at a con like 
do you think anybody can feel comfortable at a con even if they're not like oh yeah super nerdy about something yeah i've I've found shows uh where i would go to a panel of a tv show that i watch with some of the actors in it and a lot of the hardcore fans and maybe i'm not as big a fan of that show but coming out i'm like you know i i enjoy this show all the more hearing what the actors and sometimes the producers if they're there like talk about the the amount of effort and energy they put into it and seeing how much everybody else likes that i'm like i have a new appreciation for that thing i thought was oh that was okay but it's like oh no this is really neat it's got this great following there's more to it than what i just see as an individual sharing what you like with other people you you learn that there's more to it than what you what you just see as uh, as yourself to go back to the sporting analogy from before i think it's it's very similar in that you may not be a sports fan but if if you happen to go to a baseball game or a football game or whatever with someone who is it's hard not to kind of catch the energy so i think even if you're not necessarily if you don't consider yourself a, a huge geek or whatever then I, I, I find it hard to believe you can't find something to enjoy at a, at a con, especially because cosplay has become such a big part of con going. You know, it, it's kind of like going to a really cool daytime Halloween party. You, know, <laughs> you, you can't not love all the costumes. To play on what Matt said, I'm relatively new to going to conventions. And um, I was a little apprehensive the first time going into my first one because, of course, I went to a gigantic con as my first time. Which, which I want to cover later. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, but you, even if you're a little bit nervous going into the, the crowd and the and the energy, like you, it, it's infectious. I mean, sometimes literally that's where you get con crud from. But <laughs> it it's it's so much fun. Like it just it sweeps you along in this sort of swell of enthusiasm and, and energy. And and even if you're not even if you're hesitant to embrace your inner nerd before too long, you're just, you're, you're geeking out. Sorry with the rest of them, just excited (laughs) to see what's going on and what's going to come around the corner next. Now, random question based on you mentioning crowds, because I'm a total introvert. So, and I, I feel like a lot of geeks are too, because they're kind of alone a lot doing all this stuff by themselves. So, uh, should they be scared of cons? Yes, you should definitely be somewhat scared. There's something sort of terrifying about an event like Dragon Con that has 75,000 people at it. But that said, there's always somewhere to kind of retreat to. You know, there's always somewhere to go and get away from the the throngs of rabid fans. Sorry, Matt. I just keep hearing Luke Skywalker in my head. I'm not afraid. You You will be. Exactly. You will be. (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. (laughs) <laughs> lovely well and and on that note um you know let's let's jump into what is it what is it like at a convention so what are I, I mentioned already kind of the usual areas and i know there's a lot of different kinds of conventions i, I want to mention that up front like if you guys want to talk about that amidst all this stuff but i feel like a lot of conventions have very similar areas even if they're very specific like a star trek convention um right. you you might have a vendor floor artist alley panels and celebrity encounters so what what is all that like at a convention what's the general feel of a convention what are those specific areas like well to pick up on what we were just talking about we, we're going to reference dragon con a lot because we just got back from dragon con and dragon con is enormous but it's important to point out that most cons aren't that big most cons are much much smaller so if right. the big crowds thing is a big deal for you then starting at a small con is actually a pretty solid plan. You know, go to a local, uh, like uh, Tony and I went once to Santa Fe Comic Con, and it was it was not huge. It was fun. It's like 500 but it was, people. It was definitely really manageable for someone who might have, you know, 
problems with large groups. And those are going to be more easily found in your local city. Um, Local cities are really catching in the idea that cons are a thing and, you know, uh, they'll they'll make their own um, even in small towns. Uh, So you'll, you'll have that smaller crowd. You may not see as much stuff. But, you know, it's, it's definitely a great kind of like dip your, your toes in the water sort of experience. As far right. as types of cons, St. Louis has, has two major ones now. There's the St. Louis Comic Con, which is a much more, it's a lot like San Diego Comic Con that a lot of people have seen. Uh, you're going to get a lot of big name celebrities. Um, because it's Wizard things, World. Because it's, yeah, it's Correct. done by Wizard World. So it's a very like corporate, big wig kind of con. Not to say it's bad. It's it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We love going. But there's also a con in St. Louis called ArcCon, like the oh. St. Louis Arch. So I don't know if it's pronounced ArchCon or not. I think it's called ArcCon. Uh, and it's much smaller. It's a little bit more anime and fantasy oriented. It kind of gets away from those bigger con feels. But there's still mm-hmm. tons of cosplay. Um, there's usually a couple of guest writers that are pretty well known. But otherwise, it's it's a totally different feel for a convention. Well, as far as the as far as the logistics of a con go, you know, when I went into my first one, I had really spent some time researching everything I wanted to do and everything I wanted to see, and I was I was going to do it all and see it all, and um, I was really disappointed in myself after that first year because I missed like eighty five percent of everything I wanted to see. That's disappointed in you too, for the record. Fair enough. But there's there's no, always that's something totally normal. <laughs> there's something new coming around the corner and there's something new that's going to capture your eye and so the adjustment that I made almost immediately was very similar to the way I travel um I I, I just kind of kept it very um laissez-faire and very relaxed so that if something popped up that I was interested in I could jump on that without feeling guilty about missing something else I I this go around I planned like two must see must do things and then everything else was just what 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 captured my attention where did, what it, where did I want to follow that rabbit hole down so yeah when it comes to dragon con because I know you guys definitely have dragon con on the brain and I get that I, I kind of want to save dragon con for the end and kind of compare it to a lot of the the typical convention stuff that we talk about here at the beginning. Right. So I know Dragon Con's kind of out of the ordinary, but I definitely want to talk about it. Well, getting back to your original question about things that you're going to see at all cons, um, there's always going to be a vendor floor. Like there's always going to be a vendor floor with, I mean, everything from figurines to clothes to bags to gaming tables. I mean, it it all depends on the convention. Obviously, what we just went to has like everything, but every everyone is going to have a vendor floor. So always prepare yourself to spend a little bit yeah. more than you think. But but all of these things are typically made by people who are the creators themselves or who you're buying them from. They're not a business. They're not a corporation. They're something very small. They make their right. money by buying a, setting up a booth at cons and following the cons. Uh, you'll see you have vendors and you have exhibitors and vendors are what you're talking about. And the exhibitors are the ones that are reselling other things. But they're usually all mm. in the same space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what other things? Like oh, toy, that's again toys the come action to mind figures, because I did a toy episode, collectibles, so. um, autographed photos, like things like that that they didn't make, but they're just selling custom-made clothing vendors. and uh, accessories like that that you won't find at your mall or anywhere like that. Okay. Yeah, those are some of my favorite pieces at this point. Mm-hmm. And of course, bags. There's always vendors that sell more bags. Yes, the bags. <laughs> bags what is bags, it with bags. the bag obsession? The bag is our master. <laughs> he decides what you'll carry and what will stay. Bags are great. They carry things. Have you seen bags before? <laughs> I have a bag of holding. So oh, exactly. I, I beat you yeah, all. Yeah, I know. That was, that was a sexy bag. I saw that bag. <laughs> Speaking of uh, bags, other things you're going to see. I have a wizarding at all... bag right here. Oh, look at oh, that. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
You guys can't see it. It's a bag that says Wizarding World. <laughs> Other things you're going to see at pretty much every con, you're going to see cosplay. Um, sometimes those people are you know, considered professional cosplayers. More often than not, it's just people like you and me who just either made a costume or bought a costume. Both are totally valid things, by the way. And then you're going to see... What else? You're going to see... Usually there's at least a couple of celebrity guests, even at the smaller ones. Now, um, what are those experiences like, by the way? The celebrity guests? Mm-hmm. Well, it varies because you've got celebrity guests that'll do a panel, which is kind of like a Q&A session where, you know, they'll, they'll be at a table and there's people in the audience and they'll talk about something and you can usually ask them some questions um, and get some snarky fun some, answers. Sometimes. Sometimes it's more structured where they talk about, if it's a celebrity, they talk about like just they're they're the ones who would do all the talking there's not questions from the audience but there's typically a moderator who guides the conversation like myself as i well i try Mm. well your other your other celebrity encounters are like the um autograph tables and then the photographs and um, autograph photos that you can get with them and um (laughs) those are exhilarating and terrifying and anybody who tells you otherwise is lying to you (laughs) you're rushing to this table and you're ready to meet this person Mm. who who you idolize or you've had a crush on or all sorts of stuff. And then you get up there and meet them. And I swear you're always going to say the stupidest possible thing or something that they've said a million times or heard a million times. Before. Hey, hey, but Felicia Day hugged me anyway. So, you know, I came. I was just about to ask what's, what's everyone's favorite, like two second celebrity story. encounter. Yeah. Oh man. Carl Urban. That's a good one. Carl Urban. I just, I looked at him and I said, why did they, why did they cancel Almost Human? He's like, I don't know, man. I'm like, dude, that show was awesome. He goes, thanks. And that was that's all that needed to be said. <laughs> I think maybe Sean Marr was my favorite from Firefly. Because really? he's, he's, he's smaller in person than you think. <laughs> and he already looks kind of small. And he's just one of the most strikingly handsome human beings on planet Earth. And I, I was like, I don't get giggly. It's just not my thing. But I got a little giggly. It was it was really fun. Mine was Terry Farrell, who played Dax on uh, Deep Space Nine. Oh. I just remember waiting in line and she was lovely. I'm a, I'm a tall individual. I'm six foot three. And she's also a rather tall lady. And I remember walking up to her and I was standing in line and uh, I, I you know had my picture and I wanted to get it signed. And she looks up and goes, oh, thank God you're tall. And just came up <laughs> and gave me a big hug. And then we ended up chatting for like 15 minutes. And there's all these like dudes just like, she's hanging on you. And we're just talking. And I'm wearing my eye slapped <laughs> Weezer Boudreaux shirt and had to explain Steel Magnolias to her. It was just a lovely experience. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Reverse of that, I was really scared when I got my picture with Elijah Dusku, who was uh, Faith and Buffy. And also she was the lead in Dollhouse. She is super small. Like really yeah. scary small. So my picture, like I, I was really new at doing pictures too. Like she puts her arm around me, but I wasn't sure if I should do the same thing. So I just sort of like reach my arm around, but I don't touch her. So it looks like I photoshopped her in because my arm's not actually touching her. You did, you did the I, was, I was afraid if I hugged her, she'd like snap. I was like, oh my God, she's so oh small. Oh my God. I love that you go all the way out of your way to get a picture with an actual celebrity and it looks photoshopped. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get any better. Uh, Something I want to say real quick for anyone who's never been to a con, because I've been asked this before. Yes, autographs cost money. Yes, pictures cost money. It varies by person. Um, In general, I think they're usually around 40 bucks as just an in general for, for autographs. Sometimes people like William Shatner really, really like themselves a lot. And, you know, for good reason. He's Captain Kirk. I think he was like 100 the year I went. Oh, I've I've gotten him for 80. 
Oh, and, well, and you got him on discount. You well, got him on whatever. He was flying through Albuquerque for like a day. Came to the con. Day. Yeah, I got the Priceline discount. <laughs> well, and it's it's also it's also not uncommon to have them charge you to take a selfie with them. That's so. actually new because used to mm-hmm. be you couldn't take pictures with them at all. Um, you would have to book with the professional photographer, but they've all kind of gotten to the point where it's like, why fight this losing battle with selfies? And yeah. they just embrace it, and it's usually cheaper to take a nice little selfie at the table and most of our camera phones are really nice now. The few that so. I the few that I've done it was like the for the headshot with the autograph was 40 bucks but for $5 extra yeah, on right. sale today you too can have a selfie with Trisha Helfner really which yeah. was oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Was I got a, a free selfie with um Sam Jones whenever I got got a picture or got my got a signature autograph from him. Wait, with it came, Flash? It came with a free uh, selfie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, Flash. Did you do that? Uh, was that this year? Yeah. Yeah, it was on awesome. Friday, wasn't it? Uh, uh, something like that. We're dangerously close to like reminiscing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We'll all right so mo- mo- moving back, uh, something that we haven't really talked much about: Artist Alley. What is that like? And you know, I, I feel like that attracts a different set of geeks. Like vendor floor dealers, you can get your toy collectors, you can get your your collectors in a lot of ways. Artist Alley for Artist Alley for me is a very visceral response. I either love it or I hate it. Like, really? Oh my god! Hated it um, the, because art is so personal. And mm-hmm. and 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 I'm sorry I walked on you, but Artist Alley is you know where they dis- where you have artists who are displaying all of their own like original work, and sometimes it's like takes on 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 other themes. But um, I remember <laughs> every time I walk through it, my my emotional response is either. I love that. I don't care how much that costs. I'm going to do everything I can to get it. <laughs> or what in the hell? <laughs> there's no in between. <laughs> yeah, there's well, sort of. A, like, it's important to it. point out that there's a wide variety of artists at cons like this. Like you'll get, yeah. depending on how big the con is, you'll get a bunch of people that are total just amateur at home artists, and some of them are amazing. And then you get people that are professionals working in the industry. That you know, like w- this year we got some artwork from someone who then chased us down because he was drawing a panel for a new issue of Cyborg, the comic, and he thought maybe we had walked off with one of his panels, and we didn't, but it was just funny because he's there working on comic books. Did you search your bags? we're buying his artwork. It's pretty cool. No, you yeah. mean like he thought he accidentally slipped it in with your stuff that he gave right, you? Right, no, he didn't think we stole it. Things d- That does happen, though. Nudge. But no, he, he thought he'd accidentally slipped it in with the artwork that we'd bought. Yeah. And, and a lot of the artwork you'll see, because it's art, um, and I guess I, I don't understand how the, the copyright works on it, but it'll be comic book characters, TV characters, superhero characters and the like, and like that artist's rendition of them. And mm-hmm. you can just flip through books and they'll do like mashups. Like I love all of the, the people that do like Calvin and Hobbes mashups, but put them in like the theme of Doctor Who or Star Wars or something like that. And there will be actual comic book artists there too. Uh, when you'll see their artwork and if you collect comics, you'll be like, Oh, I've read that comic and I know that picture. So it, it, it can vary. And then there will be original work, completely original, not from anything. And you mm-hmm. can just get lost sometimes in smaller cons. It's on the vendor floor. It's just, they've got a partition set off and you can just get lost flipping through their books. You walk up to their little booth and you don't even have to say hi. I mean, you can say hi. I'm sure they'd appreciate it, but you know, there are people who just walk up and start flipping through their portfolio books and go, Ooh, I want a print of that. I want a print of that. And you can get mm-hmm. them, usually in the size 11 by 17, pretty cheap, you'll spend more in the frames. I'd, I'd like to point out an embarrassingly noob thought that I had before going Me to Comic-Cons and, and really getting acquainted. So 
I love artwork as well and I was super excited and everyone's going and getting artwork and I'm like how are you doing this because I'm thinking that it's original artwork and uh, I walk up and I'm like twenty dollars this is amazing and then they hand me a print and I'm like oh less amazing and they still sign it and they're I was just <laughs> about to say oh but they'll sign it yeah yeah and they're and they're excellent prints but I just I that is it I is thought. important to note that some of the artists in Artist Alley do sell their original work. And again, that's going to be like hundreds of dollars usually. Yeah, 10 right. Some of your more. bigger cons also have art shows. Like, again, we keep talking mm-hmm. about Dragon Con. Dragon Con is a full art show that has all kinds of art. But you're really not going to see a lot of art shows like that in smaller cons. I don't think I've ever seen one anywhere else. That that was a, a new fantastic experience for me at Dragon Con. It's, it's so. kind of my favorite part, but I, I, I promised I would stop talking about Dragon Con. We'll talk about it later, I promise. All right, um, panels. What kind of different panels have you guys been to? When, how do they vary going from like really small cons to bigger cons? Oh, so I had a fun experience with that. Albuquerque has one called Ace Comic Con. And one year, they just had the celebrity lineup of a lifetime. We had Adam Baldwin, who's Jane in Firefly. We had Billy D. Williams, who's Lando Calrissian in the original Star Wars. We had Stan Lee, who I'm not going to tell you who that is, because if you don't know, stop listening to me. <laughs> we had, uh, And then we had Kevin Sorbo, um, who's from Hercules, right? The reason I name all of these is something very different, because it's a small con and there weren't a lot of people. One of the things they didn't do was clear the room. So normally you finish a con, they clear the room, everybody else in line comes in. No. So I go to see, you know, Adam Baldwin, and I managed to get in there in time because I waited, you know, an hour and a half. So I got like three rows back. But then Billy Mm -hmm. D. Williams is coming in. I'm like, why not? And I just kind of scoot up two rows. <laughs> and then Stan Lee's coming. I'm like, why not? And then by the end, I'm getting ready to leave. And I'm like, oh, Kevin Sorbo. You know, I like Hercules, the, the TV show. And he actually had a great story to tell and just about his life and things like that that was really mm-hmm. interesting. But that was completely different than my experience at larger cons where you have to book not just what you're going to go see in the hour it is, but you have to at least, if you want to get in there for sure, get in line an hour early. If you want to get mm-hmm. close and be able to see them and like, like they're physically in the the same space as you you need to get there i'm gonna be i'm gonna say two hours ahead of time and wow. be ready to wait in line and that's the bigger cons so you're not gonna see everything and that's why i was but but it's really funny in the small ones you if, if they have the celebrity lineup you might be able to get away with just sticking around now those are the celebrity panels yes so the panels that i've the celebrity panels that i've been to um it really is a crapshoot on the quality of the celebrity and the mood that they're in that day um, mm. I went to an unnamed panel a couple of years ago, and um, you can tell that one of the actors was really carrying the panel, and one of the actors was just there because they, I guess, had nothing to <laughs> do. Hungover, yeah. um, or was super hungover. And then you go to um, you go to a panel like with an Eddie McClintock or a um, or a uh, Terry Farrell, and they are just animated and engaging and fun, and that one individual can carry the whole room. Mm-hmm. Um, and those those are those are some of my favorites. But I think what you were driving at was there are other panels besides celebrity panels. Yep. So those are you're going to get. I mean, those are going to vary a lot by the con, but mm. those are usually going to be fan run, <clears throat> sometimes moderated by someone who has some sort of clout. But it'll be anything from. I remember one year at Dragon Con there was a panel that was called Zombies versus Unicorns, and people. Fans just kind of gathered and debated the merits of who would win in a fight, a zombie or a unicorn. I want to say that unicorns won. Pretty sure I didn't go. Um, <laughs> but then you have other ones that'll like talk about 
uh, a running TV show like Steven Universe that I think a few of us are huge fans of. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has a lot of lore and world building. And they'll have whole panels that are just fans getting together, talking about what they like about the show, where they think the show is going, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. And that's just in the, like the pop culture realm. Then right. you get into, I mean, there's, there's, there's panels for fans to just talk about books that they really like. It's all over the place. I had a unique one um, this last uh, con that we were named, that we were talking about, the con that shall not be named yet, where <laughs> um, we went with Spencer and my wife, and it was for a show called Ruby. It's an anime uh, done mm -hmm. by Rooster Teeth, and it had nothing to do with any of the creators, but it said a Q&A for the characters. So none of the creators, none of the voice actors were there. There were dedicated people in cosplay playing the characters, doing Q&A, and I'll admit it was a little... It was a little less professional, a little less moderated than some of the other ones, but I admired the dedication hmm. and, and the fandom's dedication to like in the room to treat the characters as the characters, the people in cosplay. And I was like, you know, anywhere else this would be weird, but where I'm at right now, this is like perfectly acceptable. And I just kind of sat back. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have any questions because I really just, originally I thought the voice actors were going to be there, but I wasn't disappointed. It was, uh, it was very interesting. Well, and right just on. even you and I went to um, a panel that was two authors, but it wasn't had nothing to do with their no. properties. Like that was just a comedy right. hour, and that was actually kind of an interesting experience too. It was some was it, sort was of was that the Butcher Sanderson panel? Uh, the the, uh, the, Butcher, the one McCaffrey. that we all regretted not going yes, to because yes. we yes. talk about that one. <laughs> the Butcher <laughs> McCaffrey panel. It had nothing to do with either either of their their properties. Um, and it was just them being telling funny stories and experiences that have occurred that have happened um, to them because of the opportunities that their profession provides, and that was that was fun. <laughs> like that was a good laugh. At St. Louis Comic Con last year, there was a falconry panel. There was just a dude that does falconry. And he brought a falcon and talked about falconry, and it was really cool. <laughs> it was not it was not something that you would consider traditionally geeky, but I mean, he was obviously a geek for falconry. Oh no, that's and traditionally that's, geeky. that's what that's all about is just medieval your fantasy, geekdom. baby. Yeah. Some of them are educational to a genre too, like the alternative history panels, like steampunk yeah. type stuff. Uh, you know, we'll have panels that are all about kind of getting you into that world, like you see it, but you don't know anything about it, and there are panels about you know getting you invested and educating you. And there's also technical panels, how to cosplay, how to write. Spencer went to oh, yeah, several like panels. Spencer went to mm -hmm. several or sorry, a friend of mine went to several um like how do you structure a story? How do you execute a story panels that were that were moderated by a a writing major, English major and and, mm -hmm. and just teach you the the tenets of how to get involved in something you're interested in. Basically, we're we're barely scratching the surface. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say I'm I'm kind of an uber nerd and so a lot of the panels I enjoy going to are the educational panels. They're the ones where you where you get to learn and do stuff. So nerd. um yeah, I'm a total nerd. Uh but I think one of the the most fun panels that I remember aside from the um Butcher McCaffrey one cuz that was hilarious was a voice acting panel uh where a bunch of voice actors took scenes out of Ghostbusters and then read Ghostbusters oh, yeah. as their characters. Um, that's something I know. Matt's face right now is just lit. It's amazing. I missed um, so many good things at the panel at the con we're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> I found those we, online. They're so cool. I They hear the woman who does the voice of Bubbles from Powerpuff Girl speak as Darth Vader. Exactly. It never gets or, cooler than that. <laughs> or Winnie the Pooh 
uh, Jim Cummings was at MegaCon, so he was on the panel that that I saw, and he had to read uh, I forget which character from Ghostbusters at the end where uh, he cusses. And he's like, I don't think I can say this as Winnie the Pooh. I don't think I can do it. And then he did it and he cussed as Winnie the Pooh. And he was just like, I am so ashamed. I am so ashamed right now. So I kind of uh, wish he had replaced all the profanities with like fluff. <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> he did say, oh, bother a number of times. What so. the fluff is going on right now? <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder that myself. So we're talking about conventions, right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, okay. So... Um, we've kind of said this all along the way, but but just to be clear and concise or not whatever, what is your favorite part of a convention? Like each of you, if you had to name one one particular thing that you love to go to a convention for, and you would Seeing be disappointed. All of my friends. Oh, okay, that's the kiss up answer. Good <laughs> it's job. My number two. <laughs> I think that's probably my actual answer, but getting at what you're driving at, I don't know. I think. Something between the cosplay and the art, because okay. there's so much of both, and they're almost the same thing in some ways, but just getting to soak all that in, you don't see that anywhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. I think my favorite thing, uh, seeing at a convention, it's, and it's, it's, it's a little selfish because it's my personal favorite thing, is seeing the joy that something you made can inspire in somebody else. So mm-hmm. when you've taken time to put together a costume or cosplay, and then people just light up at the side of you because of it or seeing someone else who has done this fantastic costume and all these people around them acknowledging it, like the, the joy that they create, but also the the joy and pride that they feel in themselves like that, I think is, is the, is the like emotionally happy place and like infectious element of being in a con that just makes you have such a good time. It's just, it, there's so much happiness. It's crazy. <laughs> Jason's humble bragging a little bit because his cosplay killed it this year and last year. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I didn't even bring that up. <laughs> oh, no. Did you? Did you not? Well, I'll agree with that, and I won't even try and be humble about it. Um, typically, in a in a group or in a crowd, I like to be the unnoticed person. I can be in a group of friends, and they look around asking where I am, and I'm right there. Uh, oh, Tony's but that's, here. Yeah, that's deliberate. But <laughs> when it comes to cons, I really enjoy the cosplay. I really enjoy being center stage in the cosplay uh, for a multitude of reasons. And it's, it's a little bit more selfish. It's got nothing to do with everybody else just thinking it's awesome and like bringing joy to them. It's more to do about like immersing myself and being this character. And if it grabs attention, then it means that somebody else believes it. So it just sort of Mm. affirms me that way. Okay. I think that's an important point because people sometimes don't understand the difference between costuming and cosplay and play Mm -hmm. is kind of the important difference when you're cosplaying. Typically, you're you're going in and out of character. You've got your catchphrase. You've got your prop. It's not just your about poses. look at this cool costume that I made. It's also about like kind of being that character. Right. Well, and a follow up to that though, for for um, follow up to my answer is that like costuming and cosplay. Part of the other part of the fun about it too is like we all remember. I think everybody's gone through that phase where there's something you're really into, but you know it's geeky and you don't want anybody else to know about it. Like for for years for me, I am an uber. Trekhead, like encyclopedically disturbing knowledge of Star Trek and the entire universe. And really? I used to keep that like real down low because I did not want anybody to know. And now nowadays in my life, I'm looking at that communicator badge that connects to your shirt and is like Bluetooth and you could totally oh, yeah. talk over it. 
I'm all about that. We're all getting one, right? Exactly. Yes. Yours is on order for Christmas. And the the fun part about the cosplay and the costuming, though, is for a lot of times as a as a geek or a nerd, you spend some time feeling alone when you're a child or before you start to connect with others who who share your your interest and your values. So then when you get to do this costuming or cosplay, if you take it further and see Mm -hmm. that instantaneous connection with somebody else, that's that really cool, like, there's more like me and I'm not alone and this is freaking awesome. So. I, I think that extends to, to everything at Icon, to be honest. I mean, I, again, I'm thinking of me going to kind of the educational panels and you go and you look around and you realize, oh, I'm not the only person sitting at home struggling being a writer. I'm here to learn. And so are these other people or, oh, we're here to learn about, you know, alternative history and everything because I went to one of those panels and it was fantastic. Uh, and it was just history. It was being a history nerd. Um, and you know, bumping into people in Artist Alley who refuse to move because they love this artist so much they're going to stand in front of their booth for like half an hour, even though the artist is like, can you please move along so that other people can look at it? It doesn't matter. They they love this work and you bump into those people and you're like, you love them too, me too. I, I like that one. And it's, yeah, it's that enthusiasm that just sort of, for everything, it just sort of bleeds over. And Jess, I have a question for you. As as a proclaimed introvert at the beginning of this, was it easier being in this kind of crowd versus others? Because this kind of crowd, what you like and what you do is not something that's awkward. I don't want to say to be ashamed of because I don't think you're ashamed of yourself, but that isn't awkward or is something that has to be explained instead is something that's not only totally understood, but widely accepted. Did that make, yeah, these are your people. make it easier? Um, a con crowd versus just a crowd? Yes. As an introvert, okay. did that make it easier for you? Um, Interviewing the interviewer, okay. I know, right? I've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say, I'm trying to remember my first con, and honestly, I can't even remember my first con. It was a while ago. What about the uh, one you I, just went to that had a lot of people? We supposed to talk about that one. I don't want to talk about that one yet, but <laughs> because, because the crowds are something I'm going to talk about. But I think... Um, Chicago Wizard World is is one of the first ones that I remember and it was a big one mm-hmm. and um, I had just come out of college where I mean I think I had diagnosable crowd issues mm-hmm. um, and no I don't remember having any issues with the crowds at, at the con um, and I don't know that it was a conscious oh these people are like me sort of feeling um, but yeah there certainly had to be some kind of air about the place that made me there was not a difference nearly is yeah Maybe yeah. you were just distracted with all the cool stuff around you. That's also possible, yes. <laughs> cool. Well, thank Absolutely. you for that, Jess. I appreciate you contributing. Oh, Thanks thank for coming you. on the show, Jess. <laughs> thank you. It's good thank to have you Thank you so again, much. <laughs> Thanks for asking. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tune so, in next week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Matt, Tony, and Jason take over my show. All right. Um, is there anything else? Because I've been putting it off, but you guys keep wanting to talk about it. Is there anything else that we want to cover about regular conventions um before we move on that's that's all my questions there is not even say conventional convention think of it sort of like as a cost this isn't a going to the movies cost this is gonna there's gonna be cost of these things and I, i i can walk around the cons and hear people just getting like upset because they paid even on a small con 25 to 30 dollars a ticket Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 40 for a weekend pass, which means you get to go to all, th- all three days. It's usually three days. Then it's mostly on the smaller ones, lots of vendors, which all of that stuff you pay for. Or the celebrities are there for autographs and photo ops and all of that stuff you pay for. So you're basically paying your way into paying for things that you couldn't pay for otherwise. And that's one potential option. But like research, you know, look at what's involved, mm-hmm. look at who's going. 
the panels are always included. That was really great. My sister went for the first time this year and we were going to a panel with Brian Henson, the creator or the, pardon me, the, not the creator, but the owner of uh, the Jim Henson company. And they were like, okay, so how much is this going to be? I'm like, oh no, this is paid for. You know, the, he's right. just going to talk about, he's going to talk about this show called Farscape that I never mention ever. And never, ever. And <laughs> You know, we you can do a lot of stuff like that. You can also just look around once you get inside it. Everybody's cosplay and really enjoy that. But mm -hmm. there are going to be things that cost. The food and the water is going to be like mm. going to a ball game and paying for food and water. And I don't say that to deter you. I say that to like prep you so you're not like yeah. put off by your experience. Just know, yeah, there's some cost to this. It's it's not a movie trip. It's it's a bit more than that. But I think it's a bit more involved too. And these things have to cost money. So yeah, just knowing what you're getting into, because like you said, there are people that their favorite thing to do at the con is to shop. So from their perspective, you're sort of paying money to go spend more money. And that can feel, I don't know, kind of like you're getting cheated. But but know that you're you're getting into so much more than that. You know, well, you're, you're paying you're to have all those people in the same stuff, place. Then probably just do that online. Well, but some of the stuff you see there is exclusive and unique and handmade. True. And half my wardrobe is stuff that I can't find online these days. Well, and the other and, – and stepping away from the price briefly, make it an event. Even if it's only a one-day con, make, mm -hmm. it, make it an event. Like there's something rather pleasing about – getting all dressed up, calling an Uber to come pick you up and having the driver look at you weird and watching those kind of like <laughs> watching that mundane world fade away the closer you get to the convention until you're immersed in this thing where no, it's not it's it's not odd or strange like like make it a thing and then even more importantly go out to eat somewhere in like full costume or with yes. like all your like random broadsword like purchases and like and if you can't find the convention center it's at just follow the Naruto cosplay they'll always they'll always lead you straight <laughs> if you don't know what no it's joke. from it's probably from anime that's my rule but really nice. like when i look at it the cost doesn't the, the cost of of the con pass doesn't bother me so much because I, it's 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 an interactive amusement park you're going to for a day with celebrities and you know and mm -hmm. and and all of this just really neat experiences that that if, if you can't afford to do a full vacation right now if there's a if there's a con in your city Go for that two days. Take a weekend of it. it. It's the same. It's the same experience, and it's it's a it's a slice of fantasy and fun in in kind of an everyday world that can get really heavy sometimes. I want to point something out, kind of riffing on Jason's comment. Um, I've talked to quite a few people about going to a con for the first time, mm -hmm. and more often than not, the number one thing I hear from from people that have never been to a con is, "Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a costume." And here's the thing, you, you don't need one. I know that all the pictures that you see from cons are people in crazy costumes, but that that's just some of the people. There are plenty of people at cons that are just in like shorts and a t-shirt. It's totally fine to just go immerse yourself and not participate in the cosplay. You might find some ideas. You might go to a panel on costuming and decide at the next con to wear a costume, but don't feel like you have to wear a costume to your first con. Well, and along those lines, um, I, I have friends who are toy collectors specifically. And when I talk to them about cons, it's kind of hilarious because they'll they'll tell me, oh, well, there's these cons in Louisville because I'm new to Louisville. So they'll tell me and go, OK, there's like these three cons throughout the year. These are the horrible ones and this is the one to go to. And when I look them up online, the one they tell me to go to is toy heavy. There are no panels. There are no <laughs> celebrities. And there are cons like that. that so is you suspicious. 
<laughs> it's not suspicious. I mean, cons got their start being terribly specific. They're called comic cons because it was where people got together and traded comic books. But uh-huh. oh, oh, um, but we should you know, open with that, <laughs> right? I was thinking that a minute ago. <laughs> Every time I start with history, I'm like <sighs> by like 20 minutes in. Fair. So um, I, I decided to change it up. And the one time I change it up, you notice. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> We're paying attention, Jess. That's what's important. I'm so glad. What's going so on? So you, you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can afford to kind of look and and see. I mean, going to a con that has everything that we were talking about, I I personally recommend because then you can get a feel. And if you're if you decide, you know, I just really like the panels, I want to go and kind of have, have an educational experience, then you better check that the comic con you want to go to. The next one has a lot of really great panels. If you don't care about the artists that are going, don't even check Artist Alley. It's fine. You know, if all you care about is Artist Alley, then just check Artist Alley. Make sure that that's, that's you know, yeah, going to fit the totally bill. it's totally okay to not like everything that's at the con. And all of exactly. these will have a website that you can, like, review this before you go. Right, right. So if you see a billboard, look it up. Or just in my, in like, my city's case is horrible about advertising theirs. Just Google it. And you'll know months in advance that it's coming out. And you can see what's happening. Awesome. Um, all right, so let's move on to what you guys have been wanting to discuss and have discussed. Uh, the Walking Dead through the entire night. <laughs> oh, is that what we're talking about? Am I am I suddenly that's, the nerdist? That's Monday after Dragon Con. Oh, got it. Check. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Matt um, or whoever. I assumed it was Matt, but I guess it could have been you, Tony. It's Matt. Who, Whoever, you don't even know. I don't even know what Tony's saying, and I'm offended. All of the, all of the factoids about Dragon Con that I know had to go into one of y'all's videos. Get lay them out for me. What is Dragon Con like? The numbers and all that crap. Okay, so Dragon Con is uh, Dragon Con is a huge uh, pop culture, sci-fi, fantasy, anime, television, Horror. fantasy, all of it. Horror, wrestling. Yeah, uh, wrestling also wrestling. dragons there are dragons <laughs> also there's dragons involved it's a huge con it's actually bigger than san diego comic con most people don't know that they assume that the the big one that you see on the news is the big one i thought they're saying second largest people. what's that i thought san diego had two hundred thousand people that attend i mean that's people that like descend upon the city but the thing about dragon con that's so much bigger is the number of actual attendees so there's mm. like, this year, I think they said there were 75,000 like actual attendees, unique individual attendees. Okay. Uh, and it takes over all of downtown Atlanta every Labor Day. This year was their 30th year. Um, and it's huge because uh, while so many conventions, uh, San Diego Comic Con again, take place in big convention halls, Dragon Con is pretty much exclusively at this point in hotels. So it's a 24 hour thursday through monday kind of party convention and it's 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 huge it's and it's also it's fan run it's like a it's a convention for the fans by the fans so while you do get a lot of celebrity guests and a lot of big important names the event itself doesn't really have the drive of like trying to get people to watch this thing Mm. or trying to get people to buy this thing it's really more celebrating the the geek properties 
that you're there for. Right. Where like San Diego and other comic cons like it will have the official like trailers and first releases of new content and things like that for people to see. Yeah. Advertising Mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, yeah, Dragon Con's not really as focused on that. It's it's not trying to be the first at anything. Actually, ironically, because it's always Labor Day weekend, um, there are some celebrities who can't make it though they want to because if they have a job currently, they're filming, and yeah. you know they they can't leave that job. But and just to clarify what Matt said when he said in hotels, he means like hotel like ballrooms, like their meeting rooms, like rooms that can hold thousands upon thousands of people. Yeah, not like the hotel rooms. It's not like at a tiny like <laughs> king bedroom. <laughs> That's Although that would be sort of fun in its I mean, own way. I mean, I'm sure there's a there's an underworld of that if you know the right people. But <laughs> there are people that literally go and, and don't have hotel rooms because it's so hard to get them and will just kind of squat and make their way around for the weekend, you know, in their cosplay and grab food and sleep in, in corners and just keep hitting stuff. And, and well, that's and, a thing because it's and that I may be- awesome. I may be wrong here, but I remember somebody telling me when I first went to Dragon Con that the convention has been so big and popular that it's actually affected the architecture of downtown Atlanta. Like there are skywalks and bridges that have been built in place to connect these properties and hotels so that they, you can, I mean, it's theoretically possible to step inside one hotel and not leave the entire Mm -hmm. weekend and still get to do everything you want to do. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Okay, um, so that's kind of the that's basics of Dragon Con. That's not where I thought was going Con. with that either, just because of the crowds. I thought you were saying it's a very good possibility to step into a hotel and not be able to get out the other side for another 20 minutes. <laughs> also true. it's that crowded. Well, that's definitely true. Also that's true. <laughs> and you also have to pay very close attention to traffic flow patterns, both mm-hmm. cars and pedestrians, because um, it is it is entirely possible for you to step out a door that then the hotel will not let you back in. And you've got to go <laughs> several blocks around to get back to where you were. Not wow. that I've made that mistake. <laughs> it helps <laughs> to have oh, friends who've done it before. <laughs> well, and okay, so real quick, um, how many times have each of you been to Dragon Con? Matt's going to win this. Jason, you go first. Two. Okay. I think I'm at six. My my oldest con badge says 2010. I think I went the year, I might have gone the year before, but didn't say anything, but that doesn't sound like me. So let's say six. Okay. I'm actually pretty sure you're at seven because I'm at 10 mm-hmm. and I know I didn't go four years without you. That's that's absurd. I think I am at seven, but I don't have any evidence of that. I think my first year I was just so the overwhelmed. evidence is right here. Oh, he's pointing to his brain. <laughs> so we're good. So I'm at seven and, and Matt okay. went 10. Absence okay. of evidence is not evidence of absence. That just Nerd. hurt my brain. Something about <laughs> drinking? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, it was it was my first time this year. Woo-hoo. And uh, you did great, I, by the way. We were really proud of you mm-hmm. <laughs> that I finally made it. Um, so I thought I'd I'd say a little bit about that and then um, just sort of dive into y'all's experiences at DragonCon. So. Um, as I've mentioned before, I'm an introvert and I've been to conventions before and I've been to bigger conventions before. Um, and Matt mentioned a really great difference that makes a huge difference is the, the hotel aspect. So I'm used to convention halls. I'm used to large spaces that you walk around in that one large space, uh, finding what you need to find. And, uh, the moment, you know, we got to our hotel 
And then we had to walk how many ever city blocks to get our badges. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and then we go two. Oh, whatever. It's six. Hey, I don't know where the block go. is, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we go, we go get our badges, and then the, I'm like, okay, where are we? I just totally turned around, and then they're like, oh, and and there's the hotel that we might want to do, and then over there is the, and we're like walking along a city street. And, uh, and I'm like, you know what? It's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. I'm really good with maps. They provide maps. So I'm looking at the maps of the hotels and I walk into the first hotel that I need to, you know, do something in a panel or something. And I pull out my handy dandy map and I go, where the hell am I? Um, <laughs> this is the first time I've heard this story. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it never occurred to me, you know, in hotels, they obviously have a, you know, First floor, second floor, whatever, you know where your room is. But when they name a floor the marquee level, I don't know where that is. And I don't know where the exhibit level is. And I don't know what order they come in. So just give it, it ten years, you'll get oh, it. Oh, it was it was <laughs> it was I don't I keep wanting to say nightmare. I want to avoid that word because it was not a nightmare. But for someone who likes to be we were on our way to a photo op, which you have to be on time for. Mm -hmm. So that was not a good way to Discover the hotel. Friends who've been there are very helpful. Or complete yes. strangers at the con will be likely to help you. Your you, your honesty rate increases at that event. Like people want to get you where you want to go. They feel your pain. They want right. you to not feel pain. <laughs> well, now I well, feel bad. I give false directions. It's a magical place. <laughs> <laughs> well, after I would say after about two days, it took me about two days out of the four to feel comfortable with all the venues but then when i say you go all, next year i only went to about half when you go next year you'll you'll be so much better what do you think of the exactly app? um jess you, did you get to use the uh, the dragon con app because it's been growing over yeah. the years and gotten a lot better yeah the um again i'm a huge you know panel nerd mm -hmm. so uh they have an extensive list of panels to go to every day and it was very helpful to be to be able to go through that normally you're flipping through a book or you're on a website with like three pages of panels and you can kind Which of both of those still exist for dragon mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely um but uh, at a smaller con, you're looking through it and you can kind of highlight what you want to go to. And then you can you physically find the overlaps where, mm -hmm. oh, I highlighted two panels for the same you know time or whatever. And uh, with DragonCon being as big as it is, the app was super helpful because it told me out of the 50 panels offered in that hour, I had picked two of them, <laughs> you know, um, and I don't know if I would have done that with a physical book. But um, I think that was probably the most useful part i didn't actually find the maps useful every time i needed help in a hotel i went to their big information like kiosk thing same thing you'd find in like a mall mm -hmm. where it's just a big map and that for whatever reason i could understand it was too hard to look at the maps on my phone but um yeah well so an interesting just kind of building up the app is fairly new i think the last two or three years and it has gotten steadily better and another thing about dragon con in general is that it gets better every year at what it does. I mean, seven years ago, the day before uh, the con starts or registration, it took me and the group I was with six hours to get through the line because the computers crashed and Oof. they weren't ready. So, But the next year, it took three hours because the computers crashed, but they were ready. And then the <laughs> next year, there was no crash. And uh, for the last few years, I've been in and out of because uh, we do pre-registration, which is supposed to be and now is faster, um, we've been out in under half an hour, which right. when you see the line, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to be here forever. And you're like, nope, nope, they've got this down. And it's one of many things that they just 
every year they see like, okay, what worked, what didn't work, and they do a better job next year, or at least they try something new and see if that'll work better. So it's, it shows like an intuitiveness that I really enjoy going every year and just kind of seeing that you're not going to have the, all the same frustrations that you had last year. It will be better. Right. Um, you know, I, I would normally recommend for people, uh, who, who have gone to conventions, uh, and are going to Dragon Con for the first time, uh, what I assumed is that I could say, oh, I know what I like and I'm going to concentrate on those things. And everything is just so all around you, immersive, going on, insane. You're like, I gotta, uh, it's so easy to go squirrel and go over somewhere else and completely just get disoriented and everything else. So, and that's for someone who's been to a convention. Jason, I want to hear what it was like for you to go to your first convention and have it be Dragon Con. Oh man. Um, yeah, I am. So we recently took a friend of ours to a smaller convention for his first time. And on some level, I'm a little bit envious of that. Um, (laughs) Only because I remember when I got to when I was strong armed into going to Dragon Con uh, last year. Strong armed. Strong armed. Who strong armed you? <laughs> no one in this panel. <laughs> <laughs> he threatened my life and that of my cat's life. Um, no, um, it was overwhelming. It was. It was. And I'm. I'm fairly extrover- extroverted. I can handle crowds well. And um, and I found myself honestly panicking a little bit because mm. I had no, there was no preparation involved. There was no, I, I, I had an idea of what I was getting into. I did not realize, I think much like you were talking about earlier, the scale. Yeah, um, yeah. And then on top of that, we were fortunate enough to have a room in the host hotel, which sounds great in mm-hmm. theory, in practice. Um, it's a little less. Uh, what do you mean host hotel? Um, there's, there's, there's a host hotel is one of the main hotels that the, the events taking place. And so for instance, the Marriott at, uh, in Atlanta is one of the central properties. Um, and so you, what that translates to is people all the time, every place, everywhere. Um, yeah, so not only are people staying in this hotel, but there are events happening. Right, panels and security coming through with with stars and, and, and food and, and also just the logistics of running a hotel. Um, I had a really, really great time, but I found, especially that first year, um, a, a really great need to retreat out of it, um, to get back to either the group of friends that I was with to, to, you know, kind of like recharge and feel protected or, um, a couple times to just get out of the area, um, to step back, even though I was having a great time, it, it, it is, it is, it is a, a, an overwhelming wave of, of presence and, um, so that that caught me off guard because it wasn't what I was expecting. If I'm being 100 percent honest, going yeah. in this year knowing what to expect, I had I enjoyed every single bit of it. I loved it, um, but because I wasn't I, <laughs> I wasn't so green. I wasn't. I, I knew that I had to had to attack it like a leaf on the wind. <laughs> oh, watch how he soared. Always too soon. Um, well, and so Matt, you've been going for ten years. Um, I mean, Tony's already talked a little about how things have changed and, and all of that, but what, what has Dragon, DragonCon been like for you? Oh, man. Uh, I went for the first time 10 years ago. <laughs> um, and I, we, I went because he, we weren't married at the time, but my partner, uh, he had been when he was younger, so he's actually been for 15 years, I think, but not consecutively. Like He went when he was much younger and then took a break, and then when we first started dating, we went... And he, he told me about this thing called Dragon Con, and I was like, okay, it seems sort of interesting. So we got a Saturday pass only that year. 
Oh wow! And it was it was a lot. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, he had he had sort of told me, but even his information was you know a decade old. Mm-hmm. So uh, we didn't really do a lot that year. We didn't do a lot of panels. We did a little bit of shopping. Mostly just kind of watched people, which is a perfectly legitimate way to do your first con. Just like watch some people do some shopping and just let it all happen to you. (laughs) Um, But over the years, I mean, even in the 10 years that I've been going, again, this was their 30th year. Mm -hmm. It's grown so much. Like when I first went, it was mostly relegated to three, like very large, but three hotels Mm -hmm. with a little bit of overflow, I think, that first year into like the Westin, I want to say. And now there are five, Sheridan Weston, five, five or six, five, five hotels, five, mm-hmm. five hotels with constant programming. Plus they've taken over. There's a, there's a local convention center that's enormous and they've moved all the vendors and exhibitors and the gaming area over there. So it's, it's, it's just, it's so big, but at the same time, they also have gotten better every year at, the logistics of it all and mm. where to put things to make the traffic work and you know so people can actually get to their panels on time to see the things they want to do so you don't have lines that are crossing each other and people end up in the wrong line for a panel people get angry <laughs> when that happens <laughs> that's not good um but yeah just bigger and bigger every year and it varies every year like i would say the the type of celebrity guests they have mm-hmm. um some years that'll it'll just be a bunch of like classic, you know, old school Star Trek things like that. And then some years, like this year, we had a ton of people from current shows, um, like Sci-Fi's, uh, uh, Dark Matter, uh, The Expanse, Killjoys actors from Gotham. There was mm-hmm. actually a huge Gotham contingency this year. Daredevil, mm-hmm. Devil, yeah. Daredevil, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it changes a little bit every year, but in general, just it gets bigger and bigger every year. It gets slightly better run every year. Mm-hmm. I think this was the first year. There's a oh, we we haven't even mentioned. There's a huge parade, an enormous like hour and a half long geek parade, comprised of all Atlanta. attendees, not like professionals. This is just people in. Oh their yeah, cosplay. well, they, there's some celebrities like uh, Ernie Hudson was in it one year. Oh, I remember yeah. that Lou Ferrigno, I guess, but you know, Lou Ferrigno was in it. But yeah, it's mostly just fans either dressed up in costume. Um, they do what I call car play. It's like cosplay, but with your car, <laughs> and people turn their cars into like the Ecto One from Ghostbusters. I mean, all kinds that of things. So cool. But yeah, this is the first year in 30 years that they televised it on local television. I mean, it's huge hmm. in Atlanta. Blows the Macy's Day Parade out of the water, in my opinion. But Macy's Day what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you see 500 plus stormtroopers walking down the street, you know, how you top that? And these are all <laughs> just people who have built their own stormtrooper armor and they're just like super fans. So does Dragon Con get better? And I don't mean, you know, you guys have mentioned logistics and everything, but in your personal experience, does it just get better and better every year? Or, or you know, people who have gone a little, gone, blah, 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 I can speak tonight, I promise. People who have been going a little longer, um, have you had really off years where you're like, it really wasn't that fun this year? Or, you know, have you ever had a bad experience at Dragon Con? I think it's your expectations that can make you feel that way. Like originally... Uh, I was do everything, see everything, hit everything. And then that first year where I just started to get tired and it started to get too crowded, you know, to just do it all, all the time. And I maybe did one or two panels a day. And now I do half of that in a single trip. 
But that first time it was just like, oh, I'm just so horrible. I didn't get all of the experience. And now it's like, whatever, I know I'm coming back. I know I'm going to do it again. This is my vacation. I meet my 14 plus best friends up there. We all hang out and I hang out with them in the hotel room and play board games. And that right there would have been the con for me. But I also go out and shop at things I'll never find anywhere else in the world. And I know this is my one year to see him. And then I'll go to that one or two panels with those celebrities. And I'm like, oh, I really want to see what's going on with them in this show this year. And it just makes me appreciate the show more. I'm like, ah, I got I got I got everything I wanted out of that. But in the beginning or, or somewhere in the transition from, you know, do it all and, you know, enjoy yourself. I started to kind of like. I think it was more just getting on myself and not the con. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like he said, it's about managing your expectations a little bit. Know that, especially with dragon con specifically, you know, know that there's going to be so much more to do than you can possibly actually do. So use the app, use the website, get an idea of, as to what is even offered and, you know, plan a bunch of stuff that you want to do knowing you're going to do like a third of it, you mm -hmm. know? Well, so you guys I know told that you're me also going to need I, some downtime. I didn't realize. I took a lot of well, advice it's hard to from, know. The, from the um, people who had gone previously. And I think one of the best pieces I got was uh, from a mutual friend of ours who said that in any given year, they'll rotate the tracks that they do. Instead of trying to mm. do everything they do want to do and, and, and hit, and, and, and I think if we, as we've reiterated, there's hundreds of panels. Um, yeah. But in some conventions, they're divided up into like a – you know, steampunk track or a literature track or a science fiction fantasy track or a Star Trek track. Um, this individual, when I asked how they do it and, and are able to have a fulfilling experience, said, you know, last year I did the literature track and I only tackled everybody that I wanted to see that was in literature. And then the year before that, I did all of the like current TV show track and and did, just focused on one smaller like bite-sized chunk of of the con and 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 are able to then balance the shopping panels friend time like crowd watching time in a much uh better fashion so mm, okay i'm trying to think how to put this you you guys have um you know already talked about just what it's like to be a first-time con goer and some tips and everything um but hopefully you know hopefully my audience they they may not have any geek connections they may not have you know, a big group of friends to go with, um, especially to something like Dragon Con, which is huge. It's costly. I mean, that's why it took me, you know, six years to go. Um, so what would you guys say to someone who uh, may not have those connections and may not have, um, may not have that in, but they really want to see what it's all about? Just come talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> right. First of all, talk to us. No, um, very seriously, I would say, that's what social media is so great at now. You know, if you're on Facebook, not only does DragonCon have a Facebook page, but all the tracks that Jason just talked about, the American science fiction and whatever, the, you know, young adult fiction, the steam or the alternate history, all those tracks have their own Facebook pages and Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And if there's one of those that you're more interested than others, so say you're super into Walking Dead and zombies and things like that, I'd have to look up what the name of the track is, but but there's a track for that and and it's called zombies. by proxy there's a mm -hmm. there's a it's not called zombies <laughs> as we say my sister else. would know and this was her first year and she found walking dead uh, panels actually is it called did they change it this year to military sci-fi or something yeah like military sci-fi yeah that's one of, i think that's actually stargate and battlestar galactica it is but my point is there's a facebook group for all of these and if you feel like you're alone in this and you want to do dragon con for the first time and you don't really know a lot of people do that, you know, check out that page, see what people are posting. 
and do it several months in advance. Mm. You might make some friends that that you'd meet up with at the con and have a coffee and you know make a group cosplay together, that sort of thing. But yeah, utilize social media. You know, there's it's not a perfect thing, but that's one of the things social media is great at is finding like-minded people without having to be in the room with them. And if you don't want to talk to other people, which, you know, I mean, I know it's, it's a weird thing for me to ask, Matt. Um, the information does exist, like I said, online, on the websites. You're, you're going to be struggling a little bit more because you're going to be going in new, but it's, it's designed for someone who's never done it before to figure it out. So you could, you'll have to do a little bit more research and a little bit of trial and error, but you can still look and see where things are going to be. You can still figure out how to get in line for them. You're, you'll, you'll probably be asking questions for people in like the, the t-shirts that say, Hey, I'm, you know, guiding this panel kind of things. And they'll tell you where to go. You can also, you know, if you feel brave enough, ask questions of anybody out there. Cause again, most of the time they'll give you the correct answer if they know. Well, so, and don't be don't be afraid to go to go solo or to go by yourself or to try to do this, try to do this connection. Um, you know, friendships are based on a common interest or a common connection, um, and and that commonality is what brings rather diverse and disparate people together and and, and solidifies friendships. Go, take a mm-hmm. chance, take a risk. Go check out. You're going into a venue that I think, as every one of us has touched on already, is inherently friendly and communal and 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 creates bonds because you, you there's an instantaneous connection so go you may meet a lifelong friend you may meet a friend that's going to be your friend for the next hour while you sit at the panel um all of which is valid and 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 definitely worth the experience for so. life is fleeting I, I was really i was trying so hard not to yolo but <laughs> please don't yolo not on my show um, Not only do all of those tracks have Facebook pages for the most part, but they all have usually their own web page, and they're and they're all run by a singular person. Mm-hmm. I think I di- I didn't know this till this year, but um, uh, Garrett uh, Wong from Star Trek Voyager actually runs the Star Trek track. Yeah. At Dragon Con, you didn't know that. Which I think is really cool. I did not yeah. know that. Oh wow! I, I learned. See, I even I learned things. Thanks, Harry. We're all learning. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Harry Kim runs the Trek track, but each track has someone that runs it. Each track has a contact email. And if you're, if you, if you have specific questions about the fandom or the track, you can totally message them. Um, but yeah, like they were saying, if you're not into making friends in advance online, just do it at the con. Yeah. Hey Matt, you're going to make friends in line. That's going to happen. Matt, you weren't with us when we saw Ensign Kim this year, were you? Why are you rubbing that in? Oh, so I was just... Why you got to make me feel Dude, bad? I'm just trying to brag about it on the podcast. I know, man. We saw the, him on the street hum- and we're like, Ensign Kim, brags. and he like waved at us. Of course, we were all dressed as Jedi, so it kind of felt awkward. I, I took my picture with him. Just saying. Nice. Guys, you're killing I think I think <laughs> Pete had you all beat, though. Why? Yeah, our friend Pete. Our friend not Pete only got met. in good with my absolute favorite author. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. wait. So th- this plays in perfectly. I want to know... Um, and this doesn't have to be, you know, your, your answer, Jason, and please continue with that one. But, um, your favorite con experience, it could be Dragon Con, it could be any con, but I kind of want to wrap up and encourage these people and say, go, because this, these are the kinds of things that happen. So, um, 
it just a story from each of you. And Jay, I'm sorry, Jason, I completely interrupted you. Please, no, you're please okay. finish about Pete and, and Butcher because, oh my gosh, that was insane. Um, so for those of you who have listened to the literature episode, um, I'm a big Jim Butcher fan. I uh, love Dresden Files, love the Codex Alaire, love everything that Jim Butcher's written. And uh, so he was the highlight of my con this year. And um, our friend Pete, uh, who, um, if you check out 30 Something Digital, hosts the LARP and cosplay episodes, um, he uh, ends up crossing paths with Jim Butcher while he's cosplaying uh, his Paladin character. I believe it's Paladin. He'll forgive me if I got it wrong. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> He's not here to defend him. <laughs> and uh, Jim Butcher just looks at him and goes, needs more mace. It could be macier. <laughs> and, at, at a crosswalk in the middle of downtown Atlanta, mind you. It's not in the middle of a convention center. It's not at a panel. It's just on the street. And just, and just to be clear, we don't mean like the spray bear mace type stuff. We mean like, no, like uh, our friend weapon. Pete has a giant uh, foam <laughs> mace, which you can find if you uh, watch 30-something digital. We have an episode with it. <laughs> just, it, it was just, just organically plugging that. It's just awesome that, that I mean, because it's an author. You know, how often do you recognize an author? But we all knew who he was he's an intensely uh charming human being very funny and then as as uh as jess and i were sitting at a panel later we started to realize that they are the same person so it they just really perpetually are. got to yeah. be oh my god yes perpetually got to be just this better connection and, and and thing that binds all of us so that was that was my like favorite overarching theme of the of the weekend um my my singular real quick favorite moment for me uh personally mm-hmm. was getting to um, for those of you familiar with the graphic novel March, getting to meet the authors and getting to meet the congressmen involved with that. And that's, you know, that's, it's, that was a really neat juxtaposition of like civil rights history and, and like some, and movement politics intersecting with graphic novels and comics and, and, and has a very like deep historical thing. So for me, that was actually the first time I've been to the con where I had a more profound experience that wasn't just like squee. I'm super excited. This was a, this was a, like, this is really neat. Kind of and that's out of every con you've been to. Yeah, all three of them. Right. All three of them. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> She's going to kick you off the panel now. <laughs> I am no longer qualified. My credentials have come out. <laughs> you need a noob. Exactly. No, you're you're qualified. He was like the elite in the last one with his sexy man voice. That is true. <laughs> am I sexy for you now? Oh, yeah. That was disturbing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do you know, and I was just thinking I could get away with really not cutting this episode up. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. All right, uh, Matt. Um, I'm going to pull rank and do two stories as well. Oh. Uh, my first story is really short. Uh, I think it was my second year. It was, the, it was the first year I went to Dragon Con when I went the full weekend. And uh, I think Jason forgot a story. I think, I think so, too. We'll have to go back to Jason. I guess so. This noob taking over. Uh, anyways, my second year at Dragon Con, <clears throat> I was in the Autograph Alley, which at the time I think was in the basement of the Marriott, and I was in line for I don't even know what. I, I don't know who I was in line for, but I ran into a friend of mine from Memphis mm-hmm. that I was so close with in high school, and I'd lost touch with her, and we both happened to be at the same con, and we reconnected there, and we've reconnected since, but it was... It was the, the kind of the magic of the con, you know, hmm. that we were both there at the same time for the same nerdy thing. We we're both in line for autographs. And it was just really great to reconnect because that's something that we I don't think talk about enough with cons is that it's, you know, the celebrities are great. The shopping is great. The panels are great. All that's great. But it, they wouldn't be anything without all the people, you know. Sure. And and making new friends, seeing old friends. 
that that's what really makes a lot of these cons so enjoyable for me. My my second quick story, because I'm so bitter about everyone seeing Garrett Wang this year, Garrett <laughs> Wong, is two years ago, or was it three years ago, we were walking to get badges. We were in our full, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, leather, armor, hammers, swords, full cosplay, walking down the street in downtown Atlanta, and and Harry Kim himself stops to ask a t- to take a picture with us, and I was like, "That's it, yes." <laughs> I can tell the there. whole story. We've made it. What did I leave out? The the bit, <laughs> the bits, the bit where I go. He walks by, and I go, "Is that Garrett Wang?" And you look at me, you go, "Tony, don't be racist." And then he gets to the end of the street. <laughs> And we both are just staring, and all of a sudden, because he heard me, and he heard you, and by the time he gets to the crosswalk, he looks over and just does this big smile and wave, and then comes back and gets our picture. Because he's the coolest guy in the world. Because I totally recognized him, and I totally thought I was just being that guy. I don't remember that at all. How do you not remember that? That was the best part. Why would I want to forget that? I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, this episode's going to need edited. (laughs) <laughs> so Jason, what did you forget? We'll, I totally, we'll jump back to you. Real I'm quick. so sorry. Um I cos I cosplayed as Septa Unella this year. And for those of you who are Game of Thrones fans, shame none. Okay. Um I was supposed to have a partner in crime, but he bailed on me. Oh, by the way, side note, do not Google nude bodysuit. You get really poor <laughs> results. Um but anyway, I I'm unfortunately a, a smoker and stepped outside to smoke a cigarette in this like full shame none costume. And <laughs> I'm standing outside on the patio with the other bad habit people and there's probably conservatively 150, maybe at most 200 people there out on the patio. And this dude is, nope, it's been consistent, Tony. Watch yourself. Oh, please. I'm going with 150. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. There were seven. There you go. We step out. I step, I'm out there smoking. I'm talking to people and this guy is really drunk and he drops this beer bottle and it shatters. And without missing a beat, I step over behind him and ring that bell as hard as I could. And all these people will just scream out shame at the top of their lungs, <laughs> to which I promptly thank the universe for giving me this perfect moment in time. So that was that was just mm, icing. That is cake. awesome. Oh. I can't believe you got 800 people to. Dude, there was like 1,500 people. Everyone was there. Matt, remember we were there like on a balcony? 70,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> 75,000 attended this year, and they were there. Um, oh, to defend myself, it. it has consistently been 115 to, to 200 people. It was 100 to 150 the first time I heard it. Maybe you I were was, just oh like goodness. being I humble. Was, I was drinking the first time I told it, though. So, <laughs> T- Tony, what's your wow. favorite memory? Here we go. Oh yeah, <laughs> this right. And by here. the no. by the way, again, I'm gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. If it's outside of Dragon Con, that's okay. I know Dragon Con is a right. really big event, it's, it's and it's very influential in your lives. But Well, I feel like everybody's doing their favorite from this year. So just real quick, my favorite from this year was was talking to uh, the uh, actor who plays Bruce Wayne on Gotham. Uh, I got his autograph, and I let, he's a 15-year-old kid, and he's awesome uh, for the fact that, A, he's a really good actor in that show, and B, that one of the questions in the Q&A was if he could give uh, the audience his best, I'm Batman. <laughs> and and he just, he sort of pauses, and you can tell he's kind of psyching himself up, and he's like, he's like guys, this, this is going to crack, because he's 15, and, and he's like full-on puberty. In fact, he goes so far as right before he does it, goes, puberty sucks. And then... <laughs> Gives his best, honest best, I'm Batman. And oh yeah, it, it totally cracks. But I mean, the whole audience has to apply. You've got like 
6,000 people in this room applauding him because it's like, you know what? That was just props for you for just doing that. So that was my favorite story this year. Uh, And I got to tell him later just how cool he was when I got his autograph just for that and just for being in the show and being really awesome. So that was fun. Um, My favorite outside of Dragon Con story is a really quick one. I was at the uh, con in St. Louis and I'm in like my full armor garb and everything. And I'm looking at a vendor, just looking at some jewelry they have and stuff. And all of a sudden right up next to me is Bruce Campbell from, you know, the Evil Dead series and Burn Notice and everything like that in a full uh-huh. on like blue suit with red shirt, tie and spats. I mean, the man looks slick. And he looks <laughs> over at me and he's like, nice outfit. And I go, Nice shoes, because I love spats, and that's just awesome. <laughs> and then we just went back to shopping and just <laughs> just played it cool. Just played it cool with Bruce Campbell for, like, two seconds. I, I love but, it. Um, but, no, my, my very most favorite was my first time at Dragon Con, my first con, period. Mm-hmm. And it was when I got – I'd been to some celebrity panels that day. I'd been shopping a little, uh, mine completely blown. But the thing that got me to, like, go, okay, no, this is my thing. This is it, was as I went into a uh, fan-sponsored screening of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Ah, uh, Yes. Um, and they've got, they, they play the, the, sh- you know, the 45 minutes, you know, whole thing up on some projectors, but they also have some people on stage like lip singing and just sort of pantomiming everything happening and really cranking it out and doing their best. But in all that was great. But what really got me was the entire audience of a room of like 2000 plus people were singing along to the sing-along blog. They knew every word, and I knew like a fraction, and I was blown away. And, of course, by next year, I had played it over and over and over. I'd memorized every line of all of that because it was like mm-hmm. right then I got it. I was like, nope, you know, this is for me. This is my thing. Hmm. I love that. And and basically, you know, that sort of uh, encapsulates everything you guys have been talking about as far as conventions is just the community aspect the the enthusiasm just the electricity in the air over everything um and the wide variety of ways you can express just your absolute geeky love of of things um and bruce campbell and bruce campbell um (laughs) thank you just that extra (laughs) plug right there like you can't but and bruce campbell but bruce campbell right right okay okay but also bruce campbell though of course. Um, so uh, with that, I mean, I don't, I'm out of questions. You guys have told some great stories, and I think we can wrap it up. So Most of them were even true. Well, hey, Jess, <laughs> um, Mostly true. Real quick, are you going to let your fans know that if they want to see the, um, the beautiful face that goes with the lovely voice, that there is an episode of Let's Try Something New on the 30-something digital channel with you in it? Well, I think you just did. Oh. Can you give them the specifics? If there's a if there's one critical thing that I can't believe all of us forgot to say and we lightly touched on it is if you do one of these big three day four day week long events, <laughs> I'm about to parent you. Eat your vegetables, mm-hmm. get some sleep, <laughs> take a shower, take care of yourself. Like you're gonna, <laughs> it's gonna wear you out, and your your body's gonna be tired, and you're you're gonna want to go 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 go. Stay go. hydrated. Stay hydrated. <laughs> even though even though logically, when beer and water are the same price, you you think you should you know go for nothing but beer water is also highly recommended but yeah it's it's you there's beer a beer has water in it <laughs> it's the main and, and as veterans we bring a lot of that stuff ahead of time and leave it in the room so you'll find we'll have 
24 packs of bottled water that we won't buy, you know, at the convention for, you know, three bucks a pop, but rather three bucks for the pack and keep that. Exactly. Even if you're going to just a, a single day thing, like there's a lot of people mm. in a small space, you know, make sure you sleep well, eat well. Um, if only someone know, would do like an episode of like what you need to like do to prepare for one of these like things. Like a packing for Dragon Con kind of <laughs> if only It always comes people. back to 30 something digital. So <laughs> let me just tell my audience being punks once and for all. <laughs> Okay, I've been meaning to ask you guys if you wanted to advertise, as in pay for time on my show. So we'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> oh man, we're gonna get billed, <laughs> Tony. Everybody, go check out Thirty Something Digital him. on YouTube <laughs> and Facebook. Um, my husband and I were recently in an episode of Let's Try Something New, where the people try something new, just like the title says. It's pretty simple. They did great, and uh, it was it was a great experience. Uh, but but. Again, I want to talk more about the LARP and cosplay show because I think it connects with my show and it's fantastic. Uh, and, and when we do a cosplay show uh, here soon, I plan on having Pete, who hosts that, uh, as as the person who will be not the noob, but the enthusiast. That's what I'm calling it, the enthusiast alongside a professional cosplayer. So um, look forward to that and go check out... Um, 30 something digital i'm gonna say it one more time so i can bill them <laughs> one more time 30 something digital don't have okay. that much money <laughs> never heard of it <laughs> all right thank you guys so much for running through conventions this is actually kind of what a convention is like all of the jabbering and the references and the everything uh the energy this is what a con is like just so, taken to 11 constantly <laughs> um so definitely check out your local con start there start small and uh, work your way up to Dragon Con, and then make sure you've planned to go to another Dragon Con right after that, and it'll all be okay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Jess. You got Thanks, it. Thanks, Jess. This was fun. Thanks for listening to another podcast of Gateway Geek. You can find links to everything we mentioned, yes, everything, on our website, entergatewaygeek.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for geeking out.